We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Their process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Report, Rotoviz radio news show brought to you by Indochino, ShipStation, and Harry's. I'm Blair Andrews on Twitter at Am I the Real Blair. My co-host is Hassan Rahim on Twitter at HRR5010. Hassan, what's up? What's going on, Blair? Uh, this was uh, a really wild week in the NFL, and I am not just saying that because uh, it really, really hurt in a whole bunch of uh, in a whole bunch of leagues. So, um, how about yourself? How was your day? <laughs> My day was mostly very bad, and we can <laughs> get into that a bit more, or just move on. Um, but in any case, I'm excited to discuss some of the news of the week, and I'm especially excited about our guest tonight. Joining us on the show is Matt Jones. Matt is one of the DFS analysts here at Rotoviz. He writes the weekly DK Buffet and is one of the hosts of the Rotoviz on the Daily podcast. He also writes Finding the Right Stack column for Sharp Football and is Rotoviz's featured PGA writer as well as hosting the Bogey Free podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. Matt, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Yeah, of course. I'm, uh, I'm always happy to, uh, to come on and chat with you guys. It's, uh, it's going well. Had a good DFS day and just uh, sweating some season-long stuff now with this uh, Patriots game. So we're, uh, we're rolling along. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully 
for many of you out there, your season is still alive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's get right into the to the first news item. Devontae Parker caught seven of ten targets for 159 yards and two touchdowns in Miami's Week 13 win over the Eagles. So Matt Parker has really come on over the last few weeks and is arguably one of the lone bright spots on this offense, or at least one of two. Uh, what would you say Parker's value is going forward for the rest of the season? That was a, that was a great slide in there. I like that. Um, <laughs> he's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to argue against him at this point, right? I mean, five of the last seven weeks he's had double digit targets. Uh, since week seven, coming into this game, he had the sixth highest whopper among wide receivers, and they have uh, they have basically a cake schedule um, down the stretch. So I, I really think he's at least a top fifteen wide receiver. Uh, moving forward, there there's not really a heck of a lot of competition there as far as the wide receiver core. So I'm I'm pretty high on Parker. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of with you on that one. I was really curious. I mean, I know you you're getting into basketball a little bit, and, and I know you've been doing fairly well, I believe, if I uh, if I recall correctly. Um, where would you be considering Parker next year, at least when the ADP starts shaking out? Like like, or what do you think would need to happen in order for his value to remain the same or his value to decline um i mean i i guess it really depends on what what they end up doing uh through the draft um realistically i think that he's probably more of like a a wide receiver too like in the you know 20 to 24 range uh for next year depending on what the situation is but um i think he's probably going to end up be uh being a little bit overdrafted for what i would uh project for him for next year but like i said for the for the playoffs here i think he's i think he's golden yeah he's a player that it's really kind of puzzling uh you know hard for me to figure out you don't see a lot of people breaking out especially first round picks breaking out in their nfl careers as late as parker did right um you know He's been, a lot of his production, he's been able to do, uh, after Preston Williams went down with the injury, he's averaging, I think, over 10 targets a game coming into this game without Preston Williams, only six and a half with Preston Williams. So uh, if Williams comes back next year and is healthy, that could maybe eat into, you know, Parker's opportunity a bit. So there are, you think, are reasons to kind of temper expectations, but I mean... Yeah, it's hard for me to even really know what to do to really get behind him just kind of from a profile standpoint. Even these, you know, these guys who do break out late, you often find that they tend to be maybe one-hit wonders and are not able to sustain that level of production. So I'm uh I'm sort of being a little bit cautious on Parker when I'm trying to evaluate him long term. Um I don't know if you play any dynasty Matt, but I'm, I'm kind of trying to think about what I would maybe, what I would maybe offer for him if I wanted to get him on my team, or what I would, uh, what I would take if I owned him anywhere. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's tricky. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad to report I am, uh, I, I own zero. I am uh, an owner of zero dynasty teams. So <laughs> I was, uh, I was begging all off season for Hassan to co-own a team with me, but he big-timed me. So, uh, you know, he, he's got to go on ship chasing with you and do all this other stuff. So he's too busy for the little guys like me. 
No, we do need to get probably a couple of like a uh, uh, writer startups though. Like once once the uh, once the we get into like off season stuff, especially because I think best ball dynasty leagues are probably like the best way to play. Um, uh, you don't necessarily have to make like in season trades or whatever, but like I just think that there's a kind of a purity to to these like deep dynasty best ball leagues where um, you have these guys or your true string on, and you can get pretty excited when they go off, like uh, Patrick Laird, for example. Yeah, I think I think Parker's value moving forward it will never will never approach uh, what we're going to look at him as for the last, you know, five weeks and, and the next three weeks. I don't think it's uh, I think if you could sell high on him, uh, you you probably would be wise to do so. I thought for it's a second also- you were going to say that his value will never approach Patrick Laird level, which is probably also true. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is interesting though because like i mean like this is like a pretty solid schedule right you get like new york jets new york giants and you get cincy like the next three weeks I, what price does he have to hit on dk for you to not play him oh man um i mean he was 5.7k today right right and and that's like that's not gonna happen again probably <laughs> um unfortunately but I don't know, like you could you could probably make the argument from a volume perspective that he's in like the the 68 to 70 range, I think, is probably still reasonable. If he gets up to like, you know, 75, then I'll probably be out. But, you know, then you have to consider ownership, too. So it's there's there's a couple of moving parts there, but. I think you would. Uh, I think you can play him up to like sixty eight hundred, uh, maybe seven k if you're if you're feeling frisky. Maybe. No, I'm I'm with you. I think because like his ownership was fairly depressed. We were talking before the show a little bit about like what his cash ownership was, and it was fairly depressed like across uh, the uh, you know double ups, and uh, in most of my head and in most of my head to head. So it's just like a question of um, what he's priced at for for next week and. For what it's worth, we're recording right now. Pricing has not come out for next week just yet. Um, so uh, if it did, I would have told you guys, and then we could have told you to play him in cash. But uh, <laughs> just wait for Matt's article on Friday, and, and I'm sure he'd be, or or on the or when on the daily drops, I'm sure he would be a a, a cash play. Yeah, him and Laird are going to be all over the uh, all over the content this week. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd got five of ten targets for fifty nine yards and a touchdown in the Bengals' week thirteen win over the Jets. Matt Dalton's return to the lineup seems to have helped buoy uh, Boyd's floor. You know, what are your expectations for Boyd's and the rest of the Bengals' aerial offense for the rest of the season? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's super frustrating, right? Like they, I, I believe if I if I looked at this right, he only had three targets in the second half, and obviously. Um, you know, like immediately when you logged on to, to, to DraftKings to look at how he was doing, he had the flame immediately and then kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, but they had the lead, and I don't know that that's really going to happen many more times this year. Um, they get the Browns twice, and they play the Patriots and the Dolphins. So, I mean, I would assume a floor of like eight targets would be pretty reasonable. And then it's just a matter of what he actually does with them. But if he's going to continue to see this volume, I I don't really see a way to get away from him, Um, whether it's DFS or if you drafted him in season long, you're definitely um, 
unless unless you did some waiver wire magic or pulled up some amazing trades, you're probably uh, you're probably playing him regardless. Yeah, I think that's right. What I guess you probably see with um, Dalton back in the lineup is that Boyd has a little bit higher floor than what he did with Finley. Although I don't know that you're necessarily going to see um, Dalton raise his ceiling as much, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. No, I'm with you there. Yeah. So, yeah, with Finley, you know, he has these two two-point games, and he has a lot of games with like 10 or 12 points. So maybe with Dalton, you see uh, less of those. Um, I want to say in most of the games he's played with Dalton this season, he's had double-digit targets, and I don't believe he did that once with Finley. So there's definitely, um, yeah, some reason for optimism. But, I mean, it's still the Bengals and still not going to be <laughs> necessarily explosive a lot of the time. So, yeah, um, yeah, he's another guy that I still have uh, I have hope for long-term, but not for this offense. Uh, yeah. This was a bit of a weird, uh, weird week um, uh, as far as this goes, because like Auden Tate, like, had four catches, sixty-six yards, right? Like, uh, for for Cincinnati, and that came like all in the second half. That came out of nowhere. I, I will say, um, C.J. Ozoma, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, <laughs> you know, did, did pretty well. He had five catches for fifty-one yards. Uh, I want to ask a question at you guys. So let's just go back, uh, you know, back to April, right? And uh, if I told you Tyler Eifert was going to play the full 2019 season healthy, would you be more surprised at that or the fact that he was absolutely been useless from a fantasy perspective? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think for for me, it it's always just been a matter of, obviously with, with Eifert, it's been a matter of durability. And just for him to to be able to get through a 16-game season probably means that he's not being <laughs> overly utilized. <laughs> um, I, I just, I don't really, I, I couldn't really picture, like, what we expected of him, you know, two, three years ago uh, happening again. Like, he... He just can't. I, there's just his body's just given up on him. Like there's no other explanation for it. And they have all these other bodies, and they're all similar. Like Tate is a big receiver. You have his own. Like there's there's other ways for them to. I mean, they're not really getting. I was gonna say other ways for them to get it done. They're they're not really getting much done. But um, you know what I mean. They they just they can't rely on him, and it's it's not really that surprising that he's. Uh, He's been pretty much a non-factor uh, all year. Yeah, I mean, the one thing is that really nobody has been good in this offense. I think right. uh, basically John Ross might be the only player all season on the team who has uh, positive fantasy points over expectation. Um, so it's the sort of thing where you can I mean, you can explain Eifert's poor performance kind of just by looking at what the Bengals are doing. So uh, it maybe is not necessarily uh, a huge knock on him, but I mean, yeah, kind of like you said, um, it's surprising that he can play a full season, which probably means he's not getting the usage that, uh, that he has been getting. And even if he is, he's not the same athlete that he once was, same tight end that he once was. So uh, 
yeah, hard to have much faith going forward. Real question, I think, is whether CJ Uzoma is still on your Scott Fishbowl team, Hassan. Sadly, people no. need to know. Sadly, <laughs> no. Um, I uh, I was really really busy today, and uh, I didn't have enough chance to uh, to go and pick him up because had I known, you know, ahead of time, he was going to do this. Oh man, I would have locked him in. I, I kind of wish I locked <laughs> him in. On on my roster, it was um, a real uh, just a, a disaster from top to bottom, like coming out of the bye and into the week. Like it's just just a bad season all around for me this this time around. Matt, I believe your your Scott Fishbowl team has been doing pretty well, right? Uh yeah, I had a bye this week, um, so I'm I'm pretty pumped. I think I was I was like top hundred. I think I was like ninetieth or something in points. Nice. So uh, just gotta. Just gotta survive in advance now. I'm getting uh, I'm getting min sanity back uh, apparently too, so that that can help. Yeah, very excited about that. Um, uh, <laughs> not so much for one of our co-owned dynasty teams where we dropped min sanity for Laird, but um, we'll 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 get that fixed. We're gonna drop uh, probably I don't know one of our many many running backs that we don't need <laughs> yeah, for for Minshew here. Well, the holiday rush, it's, uh, it's here and uh, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently and affordably. But how do you keep track of all these orders and decide which shipping carrier to use or if you're even getting the best rates? Uh, luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx and UPS. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers. And it's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just take the hassle out of your holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use our offer code BLUE and you get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free holiday shopping. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code blue. ShipStation. Make ship happen. And uh, again, and this is something that Blair and I have talked about a little bit. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for a great gift for a special someone in your life, I would genuinely consider thinking about Harry's. And here's the thing. If you're that special someone in your own life, go out and buy yourself a Harry's razor. It's uh, thoughtful and it's practical. And guess what? Listeners of this show can get $5 off any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash bluewire. And free shipping uh, will end on December 16th. So you have to act right now. It's a great deal for you, right? Holiday sets start at just $20. And that's uh, actually within Secret Santa limits. So if you have any of that going on at work or among your friends, get them a harry's razor set and uh guess what harry harry's refills are as low as two dollars each so you'll just be saving money over time and uh the best part it actually comes in a handsome holiday gift box so don't worry about the wrapping and all the other stuff um you know and and look if you need another reason it's a gift that gives back as one percent of each sale will be donated to charitable organizations as a special offer for fans of our show we're partnered with harry's and you get $5 off any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets when you go to harrys.com slash bluewire and you get the free shipping, but act now because that ends on December 16th. 
And uh, if you need to know what's in that, the shave set comes with a weighted handle. Uh, you have the option to uh, get it engraved, five blade razor cartridges, a foaming shave gel for a, a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, and it's packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. Remember, the free shipping will end December 16th. Act now. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire. That's harrys.com slash blue wire. Let's get into no shit shit no. All right, first item, Michael Thomas caught six of eight targets for 48 yards in the Saints' Week 13 win over the Falcons. Yeah, shit, no. I mean, this this whole game was weird, right? Like, we had the the Hill breakout breeze through for, like, 180 yards. Um, I, I don't see a situation where he, uh, where he has a game like this again. Yeah, we usually don't talk about Thursday Thursday uh, players on uh, today's show, but uh, you know, hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, for me, it was very difficult to enjoy my third meal of the day when I was sitting there watching Taysom Hill vulture Michael Thomas. Just just a terrible, god awful experience. Uh, but but I, I think you're right. I mean, Michael Thomas, <laughs> like people are calling him the Christian McCaffrey of like wide receivers, which I think is high praise. I mean, this is a guy who smashed with Breeze, he smashed with 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 Teddy. Uh, this is a bit of a blip. I mean, at one of those two TDs gone to Michael Thomas, you know who cares? But right, you know, this is how it is. Cortland Sutton got four or five targets for seventy-four yards and two touchdowns in the Broncos' as Week Thirteen win over the Chargers. Yeah, no shit. Like he's good. Uh, Locke really should be uh, should be going to him more than five times in a game. Um, it, it seemed like they were. He's sort of feeling out the offense still, and he, uh, I think he completed passes to like eight different pass catchers. Um, so hopefully that target tree condenses a little bit, and we could see uh, you know what he can do with seven or eight targets consistently from uh, somebody not named Joe Flacco or whoever else they've been running out there. Patrick Laird rushed 10 times for five yards and a touchdown and caught four of five targets for 43 yards in week 13 against the Eagles. Yeah, no shit. I mean, you when you have a talent like a Patrick Laird, um, you could really only keep him down for so long, right? Like, we know we know he has these pass-catching chops, um, and Kalen Balaj is just one of the worst people that have ever put on an NFL uniform uh, from a talent perspective. He had four opportunities today and had zero yards. So Laird is uh, Laird is is should be useful moving forward once they realize that Balaj is just utter garbage. Didn't Evan Silva call him like Fugu, uh, Fugazi Austin Eckler? <laughs> this is such a Fugazi Austin Eckler line too. Oh yeah, for sure. Caden Smith got six of eight targets for 70 yards in the Giants as week 13 lost to the Packers. Yeah, no shit. As, as a Giants fan, I, uh, I, I know this story all too well. Like Daniel Jones wants to do th- one of three things on almost every play. He either wants to fumble. If he doesn't get an opportunity to do that, he would rather get picked off. And if for some reason that doesn't happen, he's probably throwing it to a tight end. So it doesn't matter if it's Engram or Ellison or Smith or whoever else they're going to roll out there when Smith gets hurt next. Like, it's, yeah, obviously this was going to happen. Brashad Perryman caught five of six targets for 87 yards in the Bucks' Week 13 win over the Jaguars. Shit, no. I, I mean, I'm not, can this guy just be, like, fired into the sun? Like, why, why we're still <laughs> seeing Brashad Perryman <laughs> is just beyond me. Um, this game was just super weird in general. Like, 
Winston threw for like 270, no touchdowns. Evans and Godwin barely had 50 yards each. This is uh, this is not something that's uh, that I'm I'm willing to bet on continuing. Terry McLaurin caught two of four targets for eight yards in the in Washington's Week 13 win over the Panthers. Uh, I I think this is unpopular, but like no shit, like he's he's had these games where he sort of just disappears a little bit. He had a, a four target game a few weeks ago and a, a two target game a couple weeks before that. Um, they they obviously are just intent on running the ball and um like he's going to be a casualty of that at points this year there's not there's just no way around it i'm noticing we don't have a question about this but darius geist rushed for 129 yards and two touchdowns Uh, do you think that uh that is legit uh yeah i do i mean i they're they're obviously giving giving him the opportunity and he's uh, he's clearly healthy and he's clearly running with it. So if if you're going to if you're going to get uh, the lion's share of work uh, from Washington with their uh, I guess you can call it a philosophy, though, I think that that's probably an overstatement. Um, then, yeah, I, I think I think Geis is going to be uh, pretty good down the stretch. Yeah, and like the, I think the three targets really has me pretty uh, a little bit more excited than he should be, if only because uh, we heard a lot about how he's not the greatest of pass catchers, but he's getting targeted, and that's going to be very exciting. Uh, where would you be looking at taking guys, um, assuming you know that this is that their backfield's fairly settled? Where would you be looking at taking guys in your uh, in Ben Basketball next year? Oh man, they, I don't. I don't think I'm ever gonna have a guy share next year. I think he's <laughs> gonna be. He's gonna be way too expensive for me. Um, God, I, I, I honestly, I'll, I'll defer to you guys. I don't really. I don't know how crazy it, it could even get if he has a couple games like this down the stretch. Like, could he be? Uh, I don't know. Like a like a second third rounder. Yes, absolutely. He would probably open in like the the late third. Yeah, so I mean, uh, it's just never going to happen for me. But but you know, God bless if you're uh, if you're willing to go there. Yeah, I mean, he does still play for Washington, so <laughs> right, which is a a big <laughs> a big X on his resume. Yeah, that's like the big. I mean, that's really the big question mark, right? Like, we don't know if they're uh, willing to stick with Haskins. We don't know what's going to happen here with this offense. The only benefit would be if AP is gone. Yeah. Curtis Samuel caught four of seven targets for 65 yards and one touchdown in the Panthers' Week 13 loss to Washington. I don't even know what to what to make of of Samuel anymore. Uh, I guess it's I guess it's no shit, but because like it's four of seven targets and that's what that's what he's likely gonna do. Um, he what he luck boxed the the touchdown early in the game. And then Kyle Allen turned into a pumpkin and they didn't really do anything uh, until the last like four and a half minutes. So, yeah, I guess I guess no shit. I don't know. It's also kind of like an unpopular opinion here, but like he has been seeing like a steady band of these targets. He's he's crested double digit targets like twice this year. The first was back in week two where he had 13 targets. He caught five of those for 91 yards and no touchdowns and then he had like 11 targets against San Francisco in week eight, and he caught four of those for 46 yards. And uh, we've seen, you know, some film analysts saying saying that it's like, oh, the, the, the kind of routes that he runs and it's all the deep stuff. And it's like, uh, yeah, but it's weird because like, when you watch the games, like DJ Morrissey, similar-ish targets, not all the time, but he's a, 
he sees similar targets. He just does, I don't know, does, just seems to do a little bit more with them. Um, I think part of the reason uh, is, is like people were fallaciously equating the two as like talents. And it, uh, it's, it's still something to like, like really think about, I think uh, for next off season, because we knew DJ Moore was going high, but like the, the hype train that pushed Samuels's ADP up, uh, I think was a, was a wrong process. Um, and I, 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 I don't know because like we had really haven't seen him break a hundred yards once this year. And I, and I really don't think that this is a, you know, it, it's difficult when your quarterback is Kyle Allen, but like, We've seen DJ Moore do it multiple times, and he's like flirted with like, you know, a hundred, hundred yards, like quite a few times. Whereas like, with Curtis Samuel, he's flirting with fifty yards and maybe sixty yards. I don't know. What What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that things kind of looked a little bit optimistic, especially after that week two game. But and as soon as uh, Kyle Allen came in kind of I think both DJ and Curtis Samuel saw their saw their yards drop a bit and DJ Moore looks to be kind of bouncing back whereas Samuel is not so much so um yeah I think I would probably be concerned I mean I had really high hopes for both of these guys coming into this season so I'm I'm a little disappointed and maybe a little disillusioned but yeah I think you're basically right Penny Snell rushed 16 times for 63 yards and one touchdown in Pittsburgh's Week 13 win over the Browns. Yeah, no shit. I mean, they're they're gonna have to they're gonna have to use him when they have uh, when they have Duck in and they have Connors out. So uh, I don't know. I, I think he's I think Snell is like objectively slow and bad. But um, if they're gonna give him 17 opportunities, then he's he's probably going to be fine uh, as long as Connors out. Yeah, Benny Snell, the snail, man. Um, Just brutal. Just real hard to watch, Ron. Just real bad. Yeah, and imagine being a Cleveland fan having to watch that. (laughs) Mark Ingram rushed 15 times for 59 yards in the Ravens' Week 13 win over the 49ers, adding two catches for three additional yards. Yeah, no shit. I mean, they're going to keep giving him work, um, but... He's not he's not the only guy there. He's going to be touchdown dependent. Um, you know, Jackson had more carries than him today. And uh, if he had the, the entire backfield from the running back work, then he would be a heck of a lot more useful. But he's he needs to fall into the end zone twice to to really get there for for DFS season whatever, whatever purpose you want him for. Uh, he's going to need to score to get there most weeks. Yeah, that's it's just a brutal, brutal scene here with 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 Mark Ingram. I mean, we've we've been talking about it a little bit. It's like, it's not so much as his workload isn't in question. It's just uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is just so down with the ball in his hands. Why would you ever try and like not have the ball in like the hands of your your best playmaker? Mark Ingram's still objectively pretty good, but you know, Gus Edwards is getting some run in there as well. I, I'm with you. He needs to like score to 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 see value. Also. Um, uh, we just discussed Benny Snell and a uh, really good um, note here from Adam Shaffrey just popped up across my timeline, which is that the Bill Steelers have been flexed to Sunday Night Football in Week 15. So if uh, Benny Snell is still uh, the starting running back, oh boy, America's in for a treat. <laughs> we also had a Justice Hill sighting today, so that was exciting. <laughs> One for three yards, it was great. 
the stars are all here. Man, Darwin Thompson does a couple of things. <laughs> Darrell Henderson got some run. Oh, man. Just brutal. George Kittle caught uh, two of four targets for 17 yards in the 49ers. Week 13, lost to the Ravens. Oh, shit, no. I mean, he. this was this was a real tough scene for my uh, my season long. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's a man-child. Like, maybe... Maybe this this foot thing or ankle thing, whatever it is, is worse than they're uh, than they're letting on. But they they gave him that jet sweep, and he looked like Benny Snell. Like he just looked like he had never been on a football field before when he was running. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that was more to do with the sloppy conditions and less to do with his injury. But uh, it was a it was a little bit of a concerning day from him. What do you make of? Uh... Raheem Mostert getting 19 carries to Tevin Coleman's five. Oh, man. God, like, just, of course, Shanahan. Like, why not? <laughs> uh, I I was I was talking to, to Hassan before Locke, and I said to him, I was like, I really wish, like, with Brita out, I wish that Coleman could just be a smash, and I know that he's not going to be, but, like, who knew it was going to be Mostert instead? Like, just, uh, just... It just doesn't make any sense, and I have no way of predicting what they're going to do there. So I've just, I've completely, completely given up. Like Coleman only even saw one target. I don't have the snaps in front of me, but I'm very curious to see what the actual snap share was. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I, I don't know if Coleman's fully recovered from like that early early season ankle injury but like we we told like a handful of people over in in, in the road of his patreon slack to like snag mustard and start him a few weeks ago uh and they've just been rolling him out you know with reckless abandon and 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 somehow somehow they're like you know completely able to to and i'm and i'm glad that whoever we told to pick up were able to capitalize on this 19 carry 146 yard touchdown performance and he also got like two targets and he caught both of them for like eight yards. Like this is just, I, I don't know. Mustard is like real, real life good, but um, he's definitely, I mean, he, has he forced a three way, like really like a three way RBBC, but if Breda returns, when Breda returns, will he return? I don't know. Uh, I think that they said that he, that Breda was targeting a return for next week um, that he, he possibly could have went today, but he uh, they wanted to hold him out to just completely rest up for next week. So I, I don't know. Either way, I think that there's there's not going to be any sort of clarity with this situation. Like and just just real <laughs> just a, a, a really difficult day if you had this happen on your bench uh, the week before the fantasy playoffs. Ooh. Odell Beckham caught three of six targets for 29 yards in Cleveland's Week 13 loss to the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, six targets. Like, Landry is just just the alpha there, right? Like, 11 targets this week. Um, we had a Garrett Gilbert sighting in the game today, too, <laughs> after uh, after Mayfield got hurt. Um, but th- this is a no shit. Like, this keeps happening. Uh, it's... I don't know how they write the ship. The answer is probably in sending kitchens uh, on a one-way Greyhound somewhere. But, um, yeah, th- this is going to probably just keep happening. So if you're a Beckham owner, uh, you might want to make some backup plans. 
This is uh, this is interesting to me because like he's been known as a guy to have like this like crazy ceiling and and, and I want to get your thoughts on this player. How much is, how much of this do you just um, like uh, say is a you know more of a reason because Odell Beckham is a wide receiver changing teams and just how much of this is just primarily because he's just not the guy we thought he was. He's had a couple of like real massive blow up games early on this year, but like, it's just, it's been a, it's been a pretty, pretty poor outing for him. Yeah. I think it's a combination of things. I mean, obviously changing teams is not good for, um, you know, wide receivers. We know that, but also this offense just hasn't been what we thought it would be right with Mayfield coming in and, and you know unless he's playing against Miami looking really pretty bad um so I think there uh there's a lot of blame to go around for Beckham's uh performance this season um but I mean I'm still hopeful that you know they could figure things out next year and turn it around and he can get back to being you know a near elite option so I haven't totally given up hope yet uh, one thing I want to ask about, Matt, you were one of the biggest Nick Chubb uh, boosters going into this season. Does yeah. Kareem Hunt's emergence after returning, have you worried about uh, Chubb's value going forward at all? Um, I, Honestly, I think this week, um, maybe a little bit more so, just, not because he scored the touch, Hunt scored the touchdown, it's whatever, um, but... Hunt had seven carries to Chubb sixteen, and obviously, this wasn't like a this wasn't like a runaway game, and they just take the air out of the ball uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But if if they're gonna really cut into his carries, like we were thinking, oh, you know, maybe Hunt is gonna see six targets, but Chubb will get his three, and he'll still see like twenty two carries, and it'll be fine. And like if if they're going to start giving him carries, then this could be uh, th- this could be pretty uh, pretty tough stretch uh, for the for the playoffs here. Ugh. Robbie Anderson caught seven of ten targets for 101 yards in the Jets' Week 13 loss to the Bengals. Yeah, no shit. Like he's going to have these games, and when when Darnold makes the effort, um, obviously a lot of this came in uh, in catch up mode that you know they never actually caught up. But um, he looks for him, right? He needs big plays. He's going to go to Robbie Anderson. He's not going to go to Jamison Crowder when he needs these uh, these chunk plays. Um, you know, Crowder had, jeez, he had two catches for eight yards. That's absurd. <laughs> um, sorry, I just I'm I just noticed like that. Probably like a 6.0 A dot too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He had nine targets. His long, his longest catch was nine yards, and he finished with eight receiving yards. That's not a, <laughs> that's not a great look. Um, but yeah, like Anderson led, led the team in targets, uh, and luckily hit that, hit that hundred yard bonus on DraftKings because that helped out quite a bit. So, um, yeah, he's he's gonna do these. Uh, he's gonna have these ceiling games every so often. A touchdown would have been nice, but uh, Darnold obviously wasn't too interested in touchdowns today. All right, before moving on to the final segment, I want to remind you to become a Rotoviz Patreon and gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Radio Slack, where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Patronships start at just $6 a month. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash Rotoviz Radio. 
I want to also remind everyone that you can get a listener's only 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium content and all of our tools, and it also supports the pod. Plus, for a limited time only, we're offering a two-year RV Radio NFL sub, which includes 10% discount and complimentary access to Rotoviz Radio Patreon and the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel for the 2019 season. That's right, get 10% off a two-year subscription and enjoy unlimited access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel for the rest of the season, just in time for uh, you to take down your championship. All you have to do is head to rotoviz.com slash podcast and sign up via the two-year RV Radio subscription, and we'll email you Slack access details within 48 hours. Once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast. All right, moving on to news item number three. Robert Woods caught 13 of 19 targets for 172 yards in the Rams' Week 13 win over the Cardinals. So Matt Woods appears to be rejuvenated since the Rams' Week 9 bye. He's led the Rams in air yards for the last three games, but unfortunately still has yet to score a touchdown. What are Woods' prospects for the rest of the season as well as uh, what what do you expect of the rest of or for the rest of the Rams' passing attack? Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a tough stretch for me. You guys are hitting me with, with my Chubb take. Now I'm, I'm having to deal with Woods over Cup. This is a, this is a really devastating end to a, to a pretty fun show so far, guys. Not going to lie. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what, what even is 19 tar? Like, how is that even possible? It's just, it's completely absurd. Um, but like you said, he's, he's been used when he's been on the field since they're by, um, I don't know, like they're, they're going to go as golf goes. They're not going to play a team as bad on defense as Arizona, um, again. So I think that like Woods is not, he's not the same situation that we discussed at the top of the show with Parker. I don't think that he's just a locked in, um, like borderline wide receiver one. Uh, because there are going to be weeks where the game plan just calls for something completely different. He's definitely um, he's definitely surpassed Cooks, obviously. Uh, but I think it's going to probably be a little bit of whack-a-mole between Cup and Woods for the rest of the season. Um, they, for season long, there if you have either of them, you're obviously locked in with them. Um, but as far as like DFS goes, I think they're going to be very price dependent and very ownership dependent. Um, but they'll definitely be useful down the stretch if Goff can, you know, actually be like a functioning human being uh, again. I had sort of given up on him before this week, but uh, he just has this way of roping me back in no matter what. Yeah, today was a today was a tough day for those uh, for those who faded Goff on the road Goff narrative. Like really the, the, the reason to fade Goff is because he's just been looking really poor for, for a while. Um I will say that it's interesting that Goff kind of just locks onto one guy, right? Like, um, it's not so much as just like uh, he's spreading the ball or, or spreading the wealth as much as he used to or or or, or would. Um, the game here, I mean, it, when you look at the when you look at the box score, like Higby had eight targets and then Goff had six, and like there was just nothing left for like Brandon Cooks and um and uh, you know got savages day with the TD, but like there's just not that much uh, space to go around, especially now that they're getting Josh Reynolds incorporated as well. So it's, it's kind of tricky, right? Like, how do you decide who to play on a on a weekly basis? I don't know. Yeah, I think you. I think you just have to. Um, if you're playing DFS, you have to split it up. 
and uh, and have a stack with each of them. And then for for season long, you just you can't you're not going to bench either of those guys. So you kind of don't have a choice. Um, the, the the thing about Goff is that it's he's much more, um, you know, his splits and his performance is much more dependent on the the pressure being generated against him than it is like if he if he slept in his bed last night or not. Like he what they have. I think they had one sack today. Uh, Arizona so when when you have that like when you give him time with these with these receivers and obviously this year hasn't gone the way that maybe we a lot of us expected it to go for the Rams like it's there's still a system in which that he can he can score fantasy points and um, you know be be valuable for for that at least yeah um, yeah I think that's right you know, he doesn't have a lot of um, really attractive matchups coming up in the rest of the season. I mean, Seattle and Dallas are okay, and then San Francisco in Week 16 is not going to be uh, a fun one, it looks like. But, um, yeah, if you own Brandon Cooks after a game like this where you got two targets, I mean, you obviously cannot start him when you can't rely on this volume. But, I mean, how worried are you going forward uh for cooks i am <laughs> i am extremely worried um this is this is one of those situations where what has it been like six weeks since he saw like more than four targets <laughs> like he it, essentially and obviously there's other things going on between the the concussion problems and everything else but um yeah i i I'm I'm a big Brandon Cooks guy, but this this ain't it. Like this is this looks like the the downturn, and you're not really gonna get anything for him at this point. Um, so I guess you you don't really you probably don't have a choice but to hold and hope that something changes. But um, yeah, I would not be terribly optimistic about Cooks. Gardner Minshew completed 16 of 27 passes for 147 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. The Jaguars is 28 to 11. Week 13 loss to the Bucks. Matt, uh, Minshew replaced uh, Nick Foles at halftime, uh, you know, after that disastrous start. And he was uh, far better despite facing heavy pressure brought, brought by the box. Like, do you think the Jaguars have finally benched Foles for good? Is Minshew a viable quarterback to start for the rest of the season? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I hope that they're that they're done with the Foles experiment because they're, it's it's just not happening, right? Like, when when Minshew came into the game, there's a spark. He could run around a little bit, and it just seems like there's there's just more of like a I don't know they they seem quicker they seem they just seem better when he's on the field compared to Foles. Um, and realistically, he had he had that one dud game. Um, I think it was like week three or four. Uh, but outside of that, like he's been sort of a, a fringe like top fourteen quarterback. Like he has a bunch of QB two finishes. Um, and they're all relatively close to QB one performances and coming down the stretch here, Jacksonville has a relatively easy schedule. The, the strength of schedule, you know, the streaming app that we have here at Rotovis has them as the ninth easiest, uh, for the fantasy playoffs. So I think, I think realistically he is, unless you're just loaded, you have to play him in super flex as your QB two. And if you have some, you know, a really tough matchup or some uh, just real difficult 
uh, <laughs> real difficult decisions on who to play. Um, I think you could definitely do worse down the stretch than than Minsanity. Yeah, the one thing I'll say is that this situation in Jacksonville is starting to remind me kind of of what we saw last year in Tampa Bay where the coaching staff can't seem to decide who they actually want on the field. I mean, yeah. they benched Minshew after this one game where he had two interceptions. Before that, like you said, he had been actually really good. And then, you know, they play Foles for a couple weeks and then decide they want to switch back. So, I mean, how surprised would you be if they went back to Foles at some point in this season? I mean, at at this rate, not not terribly surprised. Though I do think that, I don't know how to say it. I feel like there's, for whatever reason, if they start Minshew, I think that there's less of a chance that he puts himself in a situation where he's going to get benched mid-game, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, if he if he's announced as the starter, I really don't have any hesitation um, in, in starting him. Like I said, in those specific situations, he's not like he's not a top eight QB. He's probably most weeks going to fall between nine and fourteen, and that's that's fine if that's what you need, uh, you know, in a given week. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Special thanks to our guest, Matt Jones. Be sure to follow him on Twitter, at MattJonesTFR. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our Patreon. For Hassan Rahim, I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Report. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.